Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. My name is Jessica. This is Ethan. And I'm Crystal. And this is What's, What's in a name? name? Oh, oh, that was good. Oh, my gosh. You take one week off of a podcast and it falls apart. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. So to start off, our introductory question for the week. I wanted to know, um, what could you give a 40-minute presentation on with absolutely no preparation? All right. Am I going to go first on this one? Yeah, go ahead, Ethan. <laughs> okay. This one is actually very tough because I already talk way too much anyways. So I feel like I could give a 40 minute presentation on a lot of different things, but not because I actually know what I'm talking about, but just because (laughs) I literally never stopped talking. (laughs) But if I had to choose, I would say either Microsoft Excel, Survivor, (laughs) Pokemon, or board games. And just (laughs) saying that out loud is just like horrifying to me because it really makes me realize how much of a nerd I am. But those are the, those are the four I could give a presentation on. Uh, No comment from my end. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) Crystal, what are your thoughts? Okay, so mine would be probably Avatar The Last Airbender um, a few episodes ago. (laughs) There was a whole reference. um, And Scooby-Doo. I could talk forever about those two cartoons. Okay, I'm (laughs) glad mine is not also the only horrible answer. Wow. Okay. Um, so I would definitely say my first thought was crafting. <laughs> like, I feel like I could 100% talk for 40 minutes about seasonal decor and different crafts you can make and put around the house and my opinions on it for sure. Um, but also 100% about Disney too, like all things Disney, like experience working there and the best itinerary for the day if you're visiting the parks, the joy of Disney, all of it. So. <laughs> Uh, I feel like those would probably be my first two options. So, Jessica, anyone... I feel like yours are like, so, like something that like an insanely old woman would do, and then one that like an insanely young person would do. Like, there's <laughs> nothing, there's nothing actually your age. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But cool. Thank you guys. Um, so it's been a while since we had the podcast. Cough, cough, Crystal. Um, which, by the way, I have a question. Crystal, did you listen to last week's episode? Um, I did not, but one of the fans reached out to me and told me about it. She's not even, you're not even subscribed to your own podcast. I was just, so Ethan and I recorded that on our own and we like never heard from Crystal about any of it. So I have no idea where we stand. I guess Crystal, you haven't even listened to it. I mean, that would be accurate. (laughs) We thought we were playing an April Fool's joke on Crystal, and turns out we played ourselves. (laughs) Okay. Well, anyways, so yeah, we didn't record an official podcast last week. But um, yeah, so people might have forgotten about what we were supposed to talk about today. So before, I guess, I officially introduce the topic, I want you guys to tell me some thoughts you've had about someone that you are driving next to that cuts you off in traffic or refuse to let you in when you have your blinker on or any just annoying stuff that happens with the cars that you're driving with. Tell me some of the thoughts you've had about those people. (laughs) This is actually so incredibly relevant for me right now. So where I currently live, 
there is a massive amount of road work being done on one of the highways, which means at least one lane is always shut down. And so the traffic is just incredibly congested. And before I moved here, I wouldn't have told you that I had road rage. Like I, I don't, I've never like really gotten angry when I'm driving, but man, these last couple of weeks, I have found myself so annoyed at the people that cut me off in traffic or specifically the people who are in the left lane on the highway and they are going so slow. It drives me up a wall, but that has been my like road rage moment and focus the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I'm just curious, Ethan, like what have you thought about those people that have caused you to have road rage? Tell me some of the <laughs> thoughts that you've had about them. Um, No thoughts that I would want to immortalize on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you're probably is it fair to say you probably like not thinking super nice things about them yes that is correct i get very okay. frustrated when i pass them <laughs> okay okay crystal what are your thoughts so anytime someone inconveniences me in any way um i <laughs> i think that they are on drugs <laughs> so <laughs> i attribute their um actions um so like for instance, someone cuts me off. I'm like, you know what? They're on drugs. You know, that's <laughs> that's it. That's, that has to be the reason. The so, only option. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, the only option is they're on drugs. Huh, interesting. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, <laughs> um, for me, it probably depends on what kind of day I'm having. But I would say more often than I like to admit, if someone is, like, cutting me off on traffic, sometimes I legitimately feel like they're a bad person at times. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, they are so selfish entitled etc like I, I sometimes like find myself legitimately thinking that about people but uh this question kind of goes along with what we're going to be talking about today which is the fundamental attribution error um which essentially is the tendency to look at someone and view their actions as a reflection of their character rather than social or environmental factors that could be influencing them does that make sense to you guys yeah no it's funny, like, because it, like, it just resonates with me because of what Ethan said of, like, he, the people driving in the fast lane going slow and how bad of a people, like, a person he thinks they are. And I'm the person who gets in the fast lane and drives slow. And I think these <laughs> oh, people no. are so, like, they're just, you know, don't care about anyone else. They're going to cause car accidents. It's my job to slow them down. And so, <laughs> yeah. I hate that. And do you and do you think Ethan is a bad person? Like I know Ethan's a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so might not work in this scenario, but um, Ethan, do you have any thoughts on what exactly the fundamental attribution error is? Yeah, yeah, I, and I think I understand it, but let me know if I'm maybe not understanding it correctly. But like in the example I shared about slow drivers driving me insane, um, like I'm making the assumption that they must be super oblivious to their surroundings or like incredibly inconsiderate because they're driving so slow when in reality, maybe it's something like they're a new driver and they're nervous to be on the highway for the first time or they're not from around this area. And so they aren't sure which exit they're supposed to take something like that. Right. Yeah, for sure. So rather, so in that you're considering their social and environmental factors, right? that they um, are maybe a new driver, that they are new, all of those things, those are social and environmental factors. Whereas our tendency is to first look at it and be like, wow, their character is flawed. <laughs> like they, like they, their personality 
has a defect. Otherwise, they wouldn't be doing that. So, yeah, I think you're spot on. Um, let me explain a little bit more about the study that brought about fundamental attribution error to help, I guess, make some sense of this. So uh, it was done in the 60s, which, as we know, was a time of high tension between the U.S. and Cuba. So the researchers that were trying to get some more information about this phenomenon asked participants different participants to write essays that were either pro-Fidel Castro or anti-Fidel Castro. And they were specifically assigned to write those essays. Um, So then they went and they presented these essays to some other participants. And even when the people were told that the person had been directed to either write a pro or anti-argument, the people that were reading the essay still assumed the author completely believed what they were writing. So the situation was that these people... um, had, again, been asked specifically to write them, but the other persons legitimately felt as if it was part of their character that they were describing. Um, So they weren't really able to see the speakers as, like, mere debaters, coldly performing a task chosen for them just by circumstance. They really could not refrain from attributing some type of sincerity to the speakers. Um, So knowing that, do you guys have any examples of maybe when you've fallen into this trap? Um, yeah, I actually do. I don't know if it's a, like a perfect one for one for the example that you just gave there. But I do remember a few years back, I was on a phone call with some customer service agent or something for my cell phone company. And I don't exactly remember what the phone call was about. But I just remember I was trying to get a problem resolved. And the agent was just not able to help me. And I was getting so frustrated because you know, in America, we're indoctrinated from birth to believe that the customer is always right. And I could just not understand why this problem was so difficult to resolve or couldn't be resolved. And it was super tempting to get mad at this customer service agent I was talking to and blame them for being rude or being mean or sadistic or just incompetent at their job. And I realized that, you know, in all likelihood, they were probably just as powerless as I was in that situation. And they were just, you know, following their training and, and trying their best. And it was really the company and its policies that was to blame and not necessarily the person that I was chatting with. Yeah, completely. Crystal, do you have any thoughts? Interesting enough, when we were in this, um, we stayed in this the Buddhist monastery and we had like these people who were in charge and that kind of were leading the, the program and um sometimes like we would have issues or something and we would bring it to them and it seemed like and i'm sure they did care but it seemed like they they didn't care and um we it was we i always felt like anytime someone gives me the answer like it could be worse or i've experienced worse i'm just kind of like you're a terrible person and so <laughs> I think like that would be my um, example. I don't know if that's exactly like, but like, uh, like being in the circumstance, having coming to someone with a problem and then feeling like they don't care. I, I feel like it's human nature to be like, okay, you're a terrible person. Right. <laughs> it's so funny. You mentioned that too, Crystal, because like being in that monastery with you and you telling that story just now totally made me flash back and be like, oh yeah, like I remember exactly what she's talking about. And like, those people are garbage people. And then like, <laughs> even, like right now I'm doing it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like they were the worst. When in reality, it's like, 
they were in a foreign country. They were super young. Like they didn't have very much power in the situation as well. But because they were like a quote unquote, like lead for this program, I was like, you're a horrible person because you're not doing anything to help us. So like, yeah, it's just funny because I immediately <laughs> flashed back and was like, these people are garbage. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to do. Um, and speaking of like, I guess, Eastern culture, something interesting about the fundamental attribution error is that it's actually been shown to have more prominence in the U.S. and in our culture than in any other area. And that's because we're such an individualistic culture. So, for example, in Western culture, if I achieve something, it's a result of my own merits. I did the hard work. I made the connections. I put in the time and effort, etc. Whereas in Eastern culture, um, it's much more likely that people are not going to view it as individualistic. Meaning if I accomplish something is it was the result of so many things around me, different situations, people, opportunities for growth, etc. So they're much more likely to attribute situations to other factors besides just the person. Um, so it's just really interesting because yeah, there is quite a di- bit of a difference between Western and Eastern culture and how the fundamental attribution error comes into play. No, that like, that makes sense. Um, like, so for your, those of you who don't know, I did my undergraduate in international relations. And so I did in it, my entire like capstone on cultural paradigms, like the different things between different cultures. And one of the cultures I looked at was um, like Eastern culture compared to um, Western culture. And like what Jessica said is spot on with this topic they would probably be better off at seeing the good in people and uh, like <laughs> attributing it to other circumstances versus us. It's like, no, it's the individual. Like it's you. Yeah. And also Jessica, what you said reminds me of something I read once about how in America in general, if someone accomplishes something good, they ascribe it to themselves and their own hard work and their own ability, like you mentioned. But on the flip side of that, if something bad happens to that person, they're more likely to ascribe it to factors outside of their control or ascribe it to, you know, the failings of someone else rather than their own failings. Yeah, completely. I was going to touch on that because something interesting about fundamental attribution error is that it happens with other people, but we don't typically do it to ourselves. Um, so for example, I saw this graphic because I was doing some research that I felt like explained it really well. Um, so on one hand, as an example, you get a text from your coworker that says they're going to be late and they're stuck in traffic. And your response is like, wow, they're so un- in- irresponsible. They should have left earlier. Like, why are they always getting stuck in traffic, right? I think we've always, or we've all had that experience. And on the other hand, if we are going late and we have to be the ones to send the text like, hey, I'm running late, instead of us being like, what the heck, I'm so irresponsible, like, I'm a terrible person, we're like, wow, someone needs to do something about this traffic. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, why is there this much traffic in the world, right? Um, and so I think that's spot on, Ethan. I know I talked about this in another podcast, too, but um, when it comes to politics, don't worry, I'm not going to get... <laughs> contentious with this but a huge problem in our society is that um we feel like we are voting for someone because we're doing the right thing right like we care about this country so i'm voting for this person because it's like they're the best candidate for the job etc whereas people that are voting for maybe someone we disagree with we're like wow these people are idiots they're so selfish they have no interest in other people and we attribute kind of like 
their worst intentions and define as their character. Whereas for us, we're much more generous in that regard. So, yeah, it also makes me think think about those like body switch movies, like Freaky Friday. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that one, but um, movies like that where the plot usually revolves around two people who butt heads with each other and they think the other person is fundamentally flawed as an individual for one reason or another and then obviously as the movie goes on they switch bodies and they realize that this person's the 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 annoyances has less to do with them as a person and more to do with the kind of situation or Mm -hmm. environment that they're in and then of course at the end of the movie they switch back and they live happily ever after or whatever because you know (laughs) they understand each other a little bit better and so i feel like it all kind of revolves around the fundamental attribution error and just learning to give people more grace and empathy and understanding. For sure. So what do we do to address that or, you know, nip it in the butt? Yeah. So one thing that helps me is to just realize that I never have the full picture, even if I feel like I do. Um, you know, you're gonna have to forgive me for all these pop culture references, but I also think of that like classic TV trope or or movie trope where two people think they're communicating about the same thing, but they're actually talking about two completely separate things. You know what I'm talking about? That trope where like, I think most recently I saw it in a TV show where there were these two friends and they were talking and one of them thought the conversation was about how he was leaving New York City to move to California. And the other friend thought the conversation was about how this friend was had a terminal illness and was going getting ready to die and so they thought they were talking about the same thing but uh they were it was two completely separate conversations and so i think just catching yourself when you're jumping to conclusions is always a helpful way to stop the fundamental attribution error before it gets too far so one thing that i think could help is putting yourself in other people's shoes and that's actually something that i try to do now um more often um I was telling them earlier, you guys, I was driving, turned into oncoming traffic, almost hit this guy three times, swerving and whatnot. And so now since that happened, like I literally, when I'm on the road and someone inconvenienced me, I'm like, Crystal, you were that person. Like, you know, put yourself in this person's shoes. They might be having something going on like you had gone on that night. And so that's how I try to cope with this. And just to clarify, you were not on drugs, correct? (laughs) <laughs> I was not on drugs. Yeah, I was you, trying to get a taco. <laughs> do you assume you're on drugs every time you cut someone off, Crystal? <laughs> like, someone must have sold me some meth. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been Maybe. doing <laughs> Jessica sent me a card. It was laced with something. <laughs> I opened it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, another possible solution is to be really intentional about exploring other explanations for their behavior rather than the initial one that immediately comes to mind. So I think that requires, like I said, intention because it's difficult to do, but going through that thought process, like, okay, what are some other reasons why this could be happening? So, yeah. Um, Okay, what are your one-sentence takeaways? So my takeaway would be kind of to echo what I just said, um, to think, to try to think the best of people like I do myself. You think the best of yourself or you try Mm -hmm. to think the best of other people? (laughs) (laughs) I would say uh, first impressions or judgments about someone that are only taking into consideration one point of reference might feel accurate to us. 
but they're likely very wrong. So kind of going back to what Crystal said, I think within reason, we should give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I would say that my one sentence takeaway is similar to all of yours. I want to assume that people are trying their best first. I remember I was listening to this podcast. I think it was with Brene Brown's husband, but they asked him if um, the, the kind of like the debate of do you think that people are trying their best in life? And he said, I don't know if I fully believe that, but I like the way that I view the world when I choose to believe that. So I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat. I remember one time. I had this really awesome therapist where I was beating myself up for a decision that I made that I felt like was really dumb and wrong. Uh, and he was like, well, uh, like, why do you think that ma- you made that decision? I was like, because I, I was dumb and I attributed like kind of my worst to it. And he said, do you think that you would have made a better decision if you were capable of it? Uh, and I was like, yeah, I think so. Because that's something that I try to do, you know, every day in my life. So I don't know if people are always trying their best, but I like to assume that they are because otherwise they would be making better decisions. And that's not meant to be enabling. I think people are always capable of doing better. But for the most part, I think that we're all trying to do our best with the situations that we're in. So that's kind of my one sentence. Actually, seven sentence takeaway. That was Sorry, like guys. a paragraph. I wasn't going to say anything, but oh I was God. like... <laughs> If this episode's topic wasn't about the fundamental attribution error, we would be roasting you more. (laughs) Okay, sorry, everyone. For the way, I don't know, in my mind, like, it was just like, what's your takeaway without the one sentence part? But anyways, thanks for coming (laughs) to my TED Talk. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, and I appreciate everyone listening to another episode. Um, Crystal, do you want to introduce the next episode? All right, you guys. So next week episode is going to be about cognitive offloading so basically it's when you store information physically so you do something to store information physically so that you don't have to think about it or it's not you know taking up your brain space so basically storing someone's phone number in your phone versus trying to remember it i'm really excited for that your boy is all about cognitive offloading so i'm really excited for that conversation It's going to be interesting because I don't write anything down. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for another episode. And we're excited to see you all next week. Later. Bye. Bye.